Welcome to Way Too Weird, the podcast where we talk about our weird-ass universe. What's up, weirdos? I'm Sarah. And I'm Annie B. Dude, Sarah, we like launched a podcast. Dude, Annie, we totally did that. Dang, that was hard. It was that a was- little bit harder than I thought. <laughs> just, just like this much harder. Like, yeah. Like a smooch. I definitely didn't work for a month on the intro song and then change it after no. we launched the podcast and we no, took no, it down no. and went put it back up. Definitely not. <laughs> and I definitely didn't take a chunk out of my finger playing the no. guitar. No, no, no. <laughs> definitely not. No, I'm really proud of us. Um, let's uh, let's keep it up. Let's keep going. Yep. Let's see what so we got. We'll do way too weird Wednesdays from this point forward. I so. love that. Yeah. Everybody, mark your calendars. Follow whatever w- you do. Wednesday is arguably the spookiest day. Yeah, and we started on Wednesday the thirteenth. Love it. Whoa. That means nothing. It's just it's just a day. Actually, thirteen is my lucky number. So it means everything. So it's is good. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I would love to know. Yeah. Has anything weird happened to you since our last recording? Ooh. Weird. Hmm. Weird, weird, weird. What's weird with you? What's weird with me? Yeah, I think so. So I have been trying to get a hold of my friend, my friend, (laughs) (laughs) my friend, Lena. Lena lives in Paris, France. Hi, Lens. I miss you. And so she finally called me last week, like, out of the blue. And I was like, oh, my God, it's my baby. And we, like, fawned over each other, and it was great. We were wearing the exact same glasses. Like, Lena doesn't wear glasses. This is the first time I've ever seen her with glasses, and I've just got new glasses, and we're literally wearing the same pair of rose gold, semi-circular, semi-hexagonal glasses. And you haven't had those glasses for very long, No, she hasn't seen me in them, so I know she wasn't copying me. Um, I think what you guys need to do is look at your timelines, whether whatever you posted, and ooh, see if they see, line up. See, is it I've, just the I've glasses? Posted, I don't post pictures. There are no post posted pictures of me in, in these glasses. But it doesn't mean that you, no, no, no. I'm talking about the glasses. I'm talking about in the last however many years since you've seen her, have you guys been wearing the same clothes the whole time? I mean, I do wear her clothes, so yes. We're so connected. I miss you, Lenot. Uh Also, uh, c'est quoi ton du problème? Wait, no. Sorry, I fucked it up. C'est quoi ton putain du problème? That was just to her. For I'm me the to problem? Her. What the fuck is your problem? Oh. That's what we say to each other. Aw. Okay. Um, so, Annie, what's weird yeah, with yeah. you? Okay, okay. Couple things. The first one is... You know, we had our first episode on the Mantis. Mm-hmm. And as we talked about, um, they start showing up in your life mm-hmm. after that. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling this is going to come up more. I hope it doesn't. But step one to it entering my life is I had a very vivid dream about Mantis's. But it was like the night before we launched. And so... In my dream, it was very specific. It was like, it's December 13th. 
and the mantis is coming to talk to you. Mm. <laughs> so I'm sure it was just psychological and whatever, but it was yeah, quite I'm vivid. I'm sure. I'm sure it was. <laughs> I'm sure it was I'm not. I'm sure it Aliens. was. Mantis. Mantis mm, go, go. makes connection. <laughs> oh my God. Sugar water. <laughs> um, So that's one. Two, and this pisses me off so bad. This happened last night. So this happened in my like total detox after we launched the podcast. I could finally just like breathe for a minute and I did a little self-care day. Actually, I spent most of the day working on the, the Christmas ornaments that I make, but I had some downtime. And I was like, yo, I'm going to treat myself to some Chinese food. Mm-hmm. Just get a, get some get some goodness in my in my belly. So I ha- I finished my food and of course I have my little fortune cookie and I was actually particularly excited about this. Yeah. I was like today's a momentous day. Yeah. Today is a big day for me. Yes. I'm so excited to see what the universe has to tell me. I'm so excited to hear what the universe told you. So I break it in half. There is a fortune. I pull it out. It is a slip of paper yes as it usually is it is cut in half like lengthwise so it's like skinnier than it should be and it's completely blank it's completely fucking blank i was so pissed off i like had a very long talk with the universe i was like dude you can't give me anything not even like a generic ass you know fortune or whatever like literally it was not only blank, but they were just like, eh, we'll give you half of the piece of paper on this. <laughs> like, we're not going to give you the whole thing. So I don't know if it's like, okay, well, now you've hit this big milestone. You figure it out. But also, I'm sure it was just like a printing error. <laughs> I might I might read into it. I might not. But either way, I was so pissed because I was like, I made it a thing. I was like, I put my dishes away, got everything set up. I was just like, here we go. And I opened it and it was nothing. So of course I didn't eat the cookie because I cannot consent to that (laughs) that fortune. I usually only eat the cookie if I like the fortune. And I think you're supposed to only eat half of it if you want it to come true. I mean, it's all American, so I don't know how true any of it is. Oh. Did you know that? No. Yeah, it's an American creation. Well, I mean, it's a human creation. True. Americans can come up with things. Americans can't come up with anything. (laughs) It's all garbage. Um, Anyways, so that's what's weird with me. Um, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's a little little prank from the universe. A little (laughs) haha. A little LOL. A little, I know you've been working really hard, but fuck you. Yeah. Sit your ass down. Cool, cool. So, what are we talking about today, Sarah? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Today, we will be talking about out-of-body experiences and astral projection. As far as I can tell, they're pretty much synonymous. Um, there might be possible differences, but I think it's... I think they're pretty much the same thing. It's like how you apply it. Like when you say astral projection, you still mean out of body experience, but maybe there's like levels to it. Yeah. When I think about out of body experiences, I think more about something happening in this world. So like somebody 
being able to see themselves, see their loved ones, you know, move around within the space of this earth. Yeah. But when I think about astral projection, I, I think about some sort of like astral plane or something where they like, they totally leave this particular reality mm-hmm. and go elsewhere. But then I think they can still interact with this world. And I might just be overthinking it and like, Oh, well, like there's a big difference, but I should establish before maybe we say this about every episode, but y'all just go ahead and apply this to every episode from this point forward. We you don't actually know what we're talking about. You heard it here. We're, we're trying. Um, we're I We're trying really hard. I'm sure that you guys, uh, someone out there is like, um, actually, yeah, if you want true. If you want to um, actually us, you can send us an email at waytooweirdpod at gmail.com. That's with the number two. Let's start with an example of an out-of-body experience, just Great. so you guys can kind of visualize what we're talking about. Let's do it. One of the most well-known accounts of this, or at least the most compelling accounts of it that that I've listened to, is from this dude named Al Sullivan. He was in the hospital going into surgery for some cardiovascular issues. While he was on the operating table, the doctor was explaining to him, you know, what to expect with the procedure, blah, blah, blah. And he, and he went under, you know, have you ever been put under before? It's like, no. they tell you to talk down from 10 and like by seven, no, you're just it like, freaks <clears throat> me out too much. Really? Yeah. I had like extreme oral surgery done and I was like, you know what? Just put me, do gas. Mm-hmm. So I have like terrifying memories of like bloody gloves and like a screwdriver in my mouth and just yeah. like stuff I shouldn't have seen. Yeah. No, well, I've never been under. It doesn't really matter what your opinion is of it. If you have to go into surgery, like they're going to put you under. No, <laughs> don't do it. Uh, so yeah. Anyhow. So the doctor is explaining to him what the procedure is going to entail. He goes under and as he is going under the anesthesia. He then feels his consciousness lift out of his body and is basically looking down at his physical body. And oddly, it's like not, he can't, okay. He doesn't only see his body, but he's actually able to see through the operating table. Like he can see the doctor's shoes. Mm, Um, Like he can see through his body. Yeah. He can like see all the way down. He sees the body. He sees the operating table. He sees, the the shoes he sees the floor like he he can see through everything yeah yeah. i don't know why but when i'm imagining him seeing the doctor's shoes i'm just picturing like big red clown shoes (laughs) what like some patch adam shit like what are you (laughs) yes robin williams in the house i mean honestly i did they didn't include that in the story but i'm not counting it out they they didn't not say it they didn't not say it you can't yeah absolutely So anyhow, they also had cloths over his eyes, Mm. which I think is just like a normal part of the procedure where they- Yeah. You don't want to accidentally wake up and see fucked up shit like a bloody screwdriver in your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I feel like maybe it's like moisturized or something or like like wet so like your eyes don't get- I don't know. Nothing worse than crusty eyes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, anyways, that's just further proof that he shouldn't be able to see anything that's going on. Sure. During the procedure though- his astral self, his out-of-body self, is he sees the doctor and the doctor is doing this strange thing where he's like 
flapping his arms around, like moving, like like he he's trying to elbows fly. out. Yeah, yeah. He's like doing something like chicken dance shit, where he's huh. just like. I mean, he's not actually doing the chicken dance, but like, yeah, it kind of looks like it, maybe. Okay. So we got Dr. Chicken in clown shoes. Yes. Dr. Chicken in clown shoes. So that's really all we need to address today. I hope you all have a good (laughs) (laughs) time. Okay. All right. Back to it. So this doctor was, you know, moving his elbows around, blah, blah, blah. Cut to him coming out of anesthesia. And he is recounting to nurses or whoever the hell um he's like man why was the doctor moving his elbows around like what was that about and they were confused as to why he even would have seen that or why he what he knows what he's talking about but strangely that doctor is known for using his elbows to point to things within the operating room so this he keeps like his hands ster- to his chest it's like a sterilization sterile thing i think so yeah i think he he holds his hands to his chest he uses his elbows and points to them so he's not like flinging them around so, and well, knocking I uh, maybe knocking stuff out of people's hands that yeah, would be me that's that's like accommodating your clumsiness i appreciate yeah that. yeah uh so anyways that that's that's kind of an example of was he like what was up with those fucking shoes though <laughs> again Example of, you know, getting your head around what we're talking about with an out-of-body experience. Now, like I said, I, I, I do think astral projection is a little different from out-of-body experiences. I think it's, like, I, I want to say the umbrella term is astral projection. And then from there, like, out-of-body experience is, like, tier one. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And then, like, maybe next is remote viewing, which we'll get into. And sure. Then, Astral projection, like you were saying, is like truly you enter another realm, which yeah. we will get into. The astral realm. There is also a history of astral projection in religions. This isn't some like quote unquote woo woo thing. This is something that is established throughout time. Yeah, it's not just a woo woo thing. It's not just a woo woo thing. Honestly, ugh. Don't even get me started. Hate, get started. I just hate people referring to certain topics as woo-woo that are not, they shouldn't be included in that. Like people talking about um, acupuncture and um, meditation. I'm totally this person. And <laughs> like everything is woo-woo. But it's like, it's not. It's... Uh, uh, it's not woo. It's like literally just a physical practice. Like it's just like what does it have to do with it? Like what about it is woo to you? Um, I think it probably goes back to the lack of understanding within our Western culture. Exactly. Yeah. These so many of the things that have been practiced for thousands of years from other cultures, now that like people are starting to talk about it in America. They're like, oh, that's so L.A. Like, that's so California. You guys talking about, like, chakras and, and, like, meditation and things like that. It's like, yeah, dude. Dude, this is not new. And if it's woo to you, then you just not paying attention. Well, I think it's great that anyone's paying attention to it. Like me. Yeah. Oh, and you. And me. And And our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So talking about religion. Buddhism, uh, Hinduism, Kabbalah, 
they have been practicing astral projection for a very long time yeah. and they utilize it to the point where it's like there are step-by-step -step instructions mm -hmm. like it is a, a like a very clear part of their practice usually they access it through meditation and there are actually other religions including christianity that reference astral projection but they are very much against it to the point where like it's kind of hard to find information about what they really think it is or how you do it because they don't want to en engage with right. like the steps on you right. know, how to like, astral project so in christianity and judaism and and i think islam as well if you without trying to astral project then they consider it the will of God. Mm, okay. And there's in each of those religions, like scriptures, there's references to that. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, always like a very spiritual experience, always the will of God. So if you yourself attempt to astral project, then... Witchcraft. Yes. Yeah. And and that that is bad. And they even say something about like... Uh, you could be subject to a spiritual attack because you're not spiritually prepared, mm -hmm. which is a really interesting concept and freaked me out when I saw that. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> it all comes back to demons with them. They're I like, know. oh, this is demonic if it's not yeah. of God. But then also, you, so you'll hear a term, um, the silver string. Yeah. In the, a lot of the, the religions. Yeah, yeah, silver cord. And it's and, it's in scripture and it's in people's firsthand accounts. Like exactly. I, I was literally talking to my stepmom about this and she's had out-of-body experiences. And she just like offhandedly, she was like describing it and she was like, and there was this cord that was like following me, the silver Silver cord. And I was like, that's that's it. That's wild. That is the tether that connects you from your spiritual body to your physical body. That is the balloon string mm -hmm. to your soul. Right. Your soul balloon. Yes. Cool. <laughs> you know, outside of real world applications and whatnot, I know this shows up all the time in our media also mm -hmm. a lot of people who need a context to like to get their head around what what we're talking about really they just have to turn to a few movies and sure. shows and they can figure out so tell me a little bit about um about where it shows up since i know you you're you're the movie nerd i am a huge marvel movie nerd that marvel cinematic universe you know i i know that it's not great but it is. What do you it's, mean it's not great? It's like cheesy and uber violent and like, you know, super manufactured and all of this. I don't know. I love it, though. I really do. It gives me joy. I'll watch all of them. I'll watch them on repeat. They're great. For the purposes of this podcast, MCU came up a whole lot. It's the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And all in all, the astral dimension in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is something that's made up of several different planes that, that correspond to different cultures, sometimes accessible through magic, meditation, and the imbibing of substances. Mainly, it's when the consciousness is separated from the body. Obviously, if you're also a fan, you know first off the top I'm going to mention Doctor Strange. So when Doctor Strange meets his mentor, 
the ancient one. He tries to um actually her, and she's like, um actually, whoa bam, <laughs> and she like <laughs> smacks his ass into what they call the astral dimension. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, God, and the people that I would love to smack know, into the astral projection. I know, right? So, um, Doctor Strange is able to communicate with people in the regular world. He just like. Like pops his head out and he's like, hey, it's me. Um, I need your help, you know? Mm-hmm. And he, to a certain degree, he's able to interact physically with the physical world, which is cool. That is cool. Um, it also pops up in the Black Panther series. So part of the Black Panther lore is that in order to get their powers, they consume this mysterious heart-shaped herb that gives the Black Panther their powers. But as a part of like... Before they get their powers, they go, they enter a state of unconsciousness and they go to a place called, what is it called? The ancestral plane. Mm -hmm. And there they see their ancestors. They're able to talk with them and commune with them. And it's like a very um, jarring experience when they like realign with their body. They're like, what the fuck? You know? Right. Oh, I can imagine. Um, It comes up again in the Scarlet Witch, Doctor Strange movie, Multiverse of Madness, Wanda Maximoff, a.k.a. Scarlet Witch, is able to enter the astral dimension through meditation and general witchiness. Then, in Thor Ragnarok, Thor briefly visits his deceased father and talks to him in another dimension. It happens a lot in these movies. I'm probably not mentioning all of them. Uh, I also want to talk about Stranger Things, which I have seen. Yeah, I had to stop you? at the end of the last the season. Last season was so was, scary. The last season was really scary. The second they had, like, I saw like the had, like, creepy f- legs from underneath the bathroom stall, I was like, nope. Well they I'm also out. had like they also had like face melting gore and like it was wild. Yeah, but I'm yeah, I think eleven is definitely going to like some kind of astral plane. You know, she goes into like this sensory depri- deprivation tank. And would you ever do a sensory deprivation tank? Yes. I would not. No? I can't be left alone with my thoughts like that. Which is funny because when I'm like, oh, I don't want to be left alone with my brain. It's not because I'm like worried about any sort of toxic stuff. It's just that I'm always singing some random ass song in my head. (laughs) And there's no way I'm not going to be there. Like, you'll be like, this "Mm -hmm." is the song that doesn't. Like, fuck. (laughs) This is supposed yeah. to be a spiritual experience. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe on our one year uh, anniversary of yeah. this, we'll do that. Um, oh, Avatar, The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. And Korra. I was wondering if we were going to get to Avatar. I have a feeling we're going to be bringing up Avatar every single episode. Yeah. Why wouldn't we? I don't know. It was definitely what I would say is part of my spiritual awakening. Is yeah, that weird? Duh. No. It's really insightful and beautiful and relatable and charming and it's great. You should watch it. You can watch it. (laughs) Are we sponsored by Nickelodeon? No, but we should be. We should be. Um, Basically, the Avatar is this human that's imbued with elemental powers and they're supposed to be the bridge between the human and spirit world. But through meditation, they can access the spirit world and... Sometimes they can travel through our world in their astral form. 
Oh, and okay, moving on to other things in pop culture. I didn't know this was a thing, but of course it is. According to Marie Claire, yes, Marie Claire, that old chestnut. Main source of yeah, all. My primary source for all things to, uh, you know, seduce my man. Mm-hmm. Okay. If I had one. Yeah. Uh, astral sex. Astral sex is is also called. That was the headline. Oh, oh, the headline. Like according to Marie Claire, astral sex. What? What are you talking about? Like, what are you saying? Astral sex is also called melding. The benefits of astral sex include no babies, cool, no STIs, and automatic feedback because you're soul to soul. They need to be teaching this in health class. Honestly, abstinence only, just do this, you know? Yeah, astral sex only. Okay, now I would like to talk about some drugs. Okay. So according to Susan Blackmore, PhD on psychology today, there are repeated associations between psychotropic drugs and out-of-body experiences. Users of ayahuasca, DMT, LSD have all been known to report experiences in line with out-of-body experiences. The author of this, Susan Blackmore, doesn't agree with any of this like new age woo-woo garbage. She says, I fear I may be alone in arguing that our 21st century science can explain all aspects of classic OBE without recourse to magical abilities, souls, or astral bodies. I may be wrong, so we shall see. Dude, get out of here, Susan. I know. (sighs) It might just be me, but like, (laughs) I'm pretty sure science could explain all of this without you being a magician or something, which we know over centuries things that are now understood used to be seen as magic because they didn't know how to explain it right right exactly so So when she says we will see yeah you will fucking see susan (laughs) so when she says magical abilities i really just feel like it's like scientific abilities that we don't understand yet or Or at least she doesn't understand yes you'll get it you don't get it susan want to like really dig our claws into this really sink our teeth into it into what into robert monroe and the monroe institute all right i've definitely heard his name yeah because i won't shut up about it yeah 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 yeah. that's true so this guy robert monroe is from kentuckyana a people who don't know what kentuckyana is should be self-explanatory, but basically it's the bottom of Indiana and top of Kentucky where that all, all meets. Yeah, also called Indiyucky. Is it? Yes. That's derogatory. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're alienating a lot of people. <laughs> and yet it does seem to fit a little better. <laughs> I'd like to apologize to all our listeners. All right, so uh, Robert Monroe founded the Monroe Institute. On the homepage of the Institute's website, the purpose is listed as the global awakening of human consciousness. Mm. I'm just gonna say it. It's not a cult. It sounds like a cult. It sounds very culty. It's not. 
Um, so this guy, this Monroe fellow, founded this after his own experiences with astral projection. Out of necessity. So in the in 1950s, he kept experiencing out-of-body experiences every time he laid down. And so he like, I know, how terrifying would that be? So he like was freaking out. It's the 1950s, you know. That sounds exhausting. Sl- sliced bread just came out. Oh my like, God. There are no resources for yeah. him to turn to. Right, right. So he's pretty afraid. and um, But he has the resources. He has his own company at the time. So he does what anyone would do, and he sets up his very own research and development program nice. to find the answers. He's a go-getter. He is. A lot of what I'm going to get into next is taken from the video Robert A. Monroe on Exploring Expanding Consciousness, which is available on the Institute's website. He describes an out-of-body experience as a state of conscious awareness that does not depend on physical sensory input. So here's where it gets really cool. Monroe describes consciousness as a spectrum. He explains that our bodies give us the sensory input needed to keep us phased into this time space. Okay, so our bodies are anchoring us here. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And then he goes into the degrees in which we phase out of this space-time. Space-time sounds really fun. It sounds way more fun than Mm time-space. Like, it's space-time. It's (laughs) space-time. All right, kids, it's space-time. Gather around. I love that. So so, when we're deep in thought or inattentive, we may be out of phase of this time-space. And and then we're out of phase with our body, right? When we're inattentive? Yes. Dude, that's like... That's like all the time. Like 18 hours a day. I know. So, like, (laughs) that's like 10% out of phase and we're into another phase of something somewhere some way else that's how he describes it wow that's big i know but okay when you're saying we're out of phase of time space time Mm -hmm. that makes me think about like as far as as, like zoning out or whatever like Mm -hmm. when i'm driving home from work and i'm just like on autopilot and i look up and i'm like i don't even know how i got here i left I'm here, yep. but I don't remember it at all. Right. Is that? Yes. Okay. Getting further into the degrees of phase would be like daydreaming, then meditation, then you add on substances and then illnesses like fevers, and then finally sleep. And all of those, each one takes us further and further and further out of phase with this reality, with this time space. Space cool. Time. You know, when we were talking about the mantis last episode, that mm-hmm. dude was bringing on fevers yes. so that he could exactly. enter another realm. Exactly. I mean, he wasn't saying, he wasn't doing it to enter another realm, but I think that's what happened. Uh, so I just wanted to say, as someone with ADHD, with chronic inattention and daydreaming, this just made me feel so seen. Aw. You know? I'm just out of phase with this reality, you right. guys. You're kind of above it. I, right? I, I already knew that, though, just not with those words. I would be really interested to see is, like, correlations between brain types, you know, like people with autism, people with ADHD, all of, all of the things. I want to see a correlation between that and frequency of astral projecting. Ooh, I want to also – I mean, at the very least, it makes sense for them to be on a – 
you know, it's called the spectrum, but it could be also a spectrum of consciousness. As soon as he said spectrum, I was like, what? I'm on a spectrum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But with this, exactly, with this train of thinking, some individuals might be more attuned to specific other reality systems. Now let's get into the actual gateway voyage. This is the immersive in-house, in-facility experience that you can pay two and a half grand for to go to the Monroe Institute and they hook you up with Astro Projection, bro. I'm so glad that you established up front that this is not a cult because... That sounds so culty. The gateway voyage. The gateway voyage. Does that not sound like a doomsday cult? It really does. Yeah. One of the reviews gave this link to a a declassified CIA document. Dude, I saw that. There is nothing more exciting to me than seeing something like, cia.gov or Mm -hmm. like when they did the uh you know releasing of the ufo or uap congressional hearings and it was like on the uh, department of national defense or whatever it was uh, like that.gov feels good man yeah so this document is on the gateway voyage it's from 1983 and it's a letter from an investigating army officer to their commanding officer and in it Uh, They describe the thick science behind what the Institute does, and they sound completely delighted Mm -hmm. at their findings. The meat and potatoes of the Monroe Institute is that they've developed this sound wave technology. They've done all this research on different sound waves and how it affects your brain, how it affects your body. So they found that through combining theta and delta sound waves, they're able to synchronize your brain hemispheres. So back to the Army officer's report. The purpose of their assessment was to determine the functionality and practicality of the program. Like, with regard to national defense, the Cold War, probably. Anyways, they described the methods used as hypnosis, transcendental meditation, and biofeedback. There's, that's what we're talking about, that biofeedback. Okay. And to achieve altered states of consciousness involving brain hemisphere synchronization. They described these methods in great agonizing yet fascinating yet still mostly agonizing detail so skim into the good stuff Ooh, okay so your heartbeat slows down until it resonates with the fluid of your brain stem okay so you're like and then like that your your heartbeat is like causing you know ripples in the fluid of your brainstem which is creepy and awesome and i love it super creepy super gross so then that then impacts the brain waves and that's causing the brain hemisphere synchronization all right they continue with more science talk they describe the measuring of brain wavelengths and apparently there is a measure that indicates when the subject has quote clicked out of time space and joined infinity whoa that's a quote from the army officer what so this is observable and measurable this is science yeah that's what we're getting at you know 
Quoting Bentov, who's the lead on this thing, quantum mechanics tell us that when distances go below Planck's distance, which is um, one of the brainwave measures, Planck's distance, okay, we enter, in effect, a new world. Mm, so okay. they're looking at these brainwaves and they're seeing it hit this measure and they're like, okay, they're not here on this realm mm-hmm, anymore. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they're seeing this right in front of them. Right. Their subject is there and then they're awake, but they're somewhere else. All of this relates to something called remote viewing, which we mentioned earlier. And remote viewing sounds a lot like astral projection. But it's just kind of got like this sprinkle of intention of military reconnaissance. (laughs) But uh, if you all want to look into it, there's research out there from Stanford. Um, This all relates to the U.S. government project Stargate. And you can watch or you can take classes on it, too. And if you guys have seen the movie. Men Who Stare at Goats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About the Stargate project. Very cool. I love that. I really, really like the idea of these intelligence agents attempting remote viewing. They're going into these relaxed delta theta states, but instead of like general espionage, they're just flying around learning the secrets of the universe, Mm -hmm. flirting with enlightenment, learning all about their past lives. You know, I'm leaving high school. I can't pay for college. I'm going to sign up and join the army. The different routes that people can take from that moment forward, like you could be on the front line, you could be working in a lab somewhere, you could be a thousand things. And one of them is you could be in infinity. That's wild. So that's that's basically it. That's a lot of information. So take it in, pause, make notes, do your own research, let us know what you think. But I do want to end with a little quick how-to guide so you can go home and try to do this on your own time. So today this this easy DIY astral projection guide comes from medium.com. Yes, not small, not big medium.com all right go for it how do we do this cool okay step one prepare yourself to astral travel so you know cancel all your plans get cozy don't light any candles (laughs) you don't know how long you're in a safe place yes exactly step two feel yourself relax okay three Allow yourself to almost fall asleep. So this sounds like meditation. Four, notice your senses heightening. Five, visualize a silver rope. Ah, Mm -hmm. the silver cord. Yeah. Six, attempt to grab the rope with your astral hand. And seven, Allow the rest of your body to follow. So you literally like pull yourself astrally out of your body. I I would guess that the silver cord probably isn't actually necessary in getting there, but having a visual reference would allow somebody to use that as like a stepping stone. You know what I mean? Because you have this abstract thing that you're trying to accomplish. And if you can put an image to it, I think it's easier for us to get our brains around it to like actually focus on it. Mm-hmm. 
Pretty cool. Pretty cute. Are you going to try it? Cool. I've tried it. And I could not imagine the silver cord. I was just very stuck in like reality. Yeah. So try it again. You tried it for the first time. (laughs) You try it. I don't know. I think we need to look into the ethics a little bit more about astral projection because... How do you mean ethics? Well, okay. If somebody can leave their body and go and visit other folks, talk to them. Because one thing that I heard is like you can like go and visit people in their dreams. You can go visit people in their actual bedroom. Like you can physically... I mean, you probably look like a ghost when you show up, but like you can leave your body and go like interact with other folks. And that just leads to a whole slew of questions about like peeping toms, like are you invited in? It kind of reminds reminds me of like a Bella Edwards situation. I immediately thought of Bella Edwards. Yeah, where it's just like she's sleeping and he's just there because he has the power and ability to be there. And it's like, yo, like what if... She's so I'm stupid. Not she doesn't even know that. I'm here. She's yeah. so dumb and small. She's such a human. So easily. At the very least, you're gonna like be present for like a lot of like private things that people didn't want to do. Like, like if someone's like, "Let me go out of the room to fart." Not farts. And then you like, I'm like astral projecting at the same time. And I'm like, oh my god, what if you could like crop dust someone astral projectally? Okay, never mind. I take it back. I totally want to do it. I want to go and astral project so I can crop dust. Oh. <laughs> Lord. So if you like are hanging out by yourself and you just suddenly smell sulfur, it's not a demon. It's Annie. She's figured out how to astral project. Dude, she's come for you. Crop dusting is like the biggest power move. It really is. Or if it's your like last day at work, like you just quit and you're like on your way out of the office, just crop dust the hell out of it. Yeah. Walking and farting. (laughs) It's a risk. It's risky. It is risky. All right, I'm down for it, though. I'll try. <laughs> you mentioned farting, and you're on board. I love that. Like I said, I, I think I like the power move. Like, I, like, I like having the power. <laughs> oh my God. Straight to your head. The power's gone yeah. straight to your head. <laughs> oh, that was dense, huh? That was... That was dense. That was a lot of information. I'm I'm proud of myself for not glazing over. I'm also proud of much. you. Yeah, it was great. It was really good. <laughs> Sometimes when Sarah comes at me with the science, I'm just like, oh, I cannot wait to hear the science of this and like the actual facts and studies behind it. And then she's talking, and I like, like my eyes go crossed, and I like look like and then you like astral project. That's you just freaking... like, oh, see, you're I just out go, of phase I... with this reality. Yeah. Right. If you guys have ever experienced astral projection, lucid dreaming, if you've pushed past the dream world into the astral plane, let us know. Where can they find us, Danny? Y'all can email us at waytoweirdpod at gmail.com. That's with the number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram at waytoweirdpod. And we have already had a few people reach out to us with really cool ideas for future episodes. So y'all can email us that. Uh, you can send us a DM. Let, let us know what you think. Um, and please share our podcast. Like it. Review mm. all of that stuff. Do all of it. We're on Spotify. We're slowly taking over all of the streaming platforms. We're coming for you. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. We gonna get you. <laughs> Uh, so as as you're going along your life and you're like, oh, 
right? Am I right? As you're doing that, take a pause, take a breath, take a chill pill, and try to remember what's the best that could happen because we don't know. So contemplate that and see what happens. That I had to put into practice when we were editing our podcast because I was sitting there like, well, this is going to go wrong. This is going to go wrong. And I had to literally stop myself and be like, as Sarah says, what is the best that can happen? And Mm -hmm. it totally stopped my panic attack. Yeah. Annie uh, also said that to me and I just fully ignored her. She was like, remember, what's the best that could happen? I was like, no. (laughs) Take your own advice, bitch. I'm going to keep panicking, okay? (laughs) Well, it worked for me. So, right. Yeah. Against your best judgment, what's the best that could happen? All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Stay curious and keep keep it it weird. weird. Way too weird.